start this. I mean, first, this is good. This is good for preview. The preview. I'm leaving, I'm leaving the meeting. The recording. Yep. <laughs> but no, just the the mechanic that was on site out there with us today was just ranting and raving about being vaccinated or having to get the vaccination and. I just kept my mouth shut because I was like, dude, you sound like a complete tool right now. Well, I hope that my crunching isn't coming across. I'm having a full on. You can barely hear it. There should I mean, be a I, meal. This is a full meal, but. I could get my Cheetos up. <laughs> that's just annoy listeners with the crunching of all types <laughs> of food. This will just be the crunchy episode. Um, the jalapeno cheddar. That's a good topic to branch us into something that I was thinking about is like, when do you say something? How do you say it? And when do you keep your mouth shut? Like well, some people would just say, oh, just always keep your mouth shut. But I feel like there's certain times that there's just a way to casually insert the fact that, no, I disagree, but I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I think you, I think the key factor there is you have to know your audience mm-hmm. because on both sides, I mean, for, for pro-vax and anti-vax, You've got the ones that take it to the extreme and on, on either side. It's like, well, you know, you should be vaccinated. Right? And they just make a big deal about it. And the same thing on the other side. Well, you shouldn't be vaccinated. Your body, your choice, but, which I agree with. It is your body and your choice. Mm-hmm. I chose to get vaccinated. So I'm not going to me personally. I don't ridicule people that are anti-vax. If they don't want to get the vaccination, so be it. I tell them, you know, depending on who it is. I'll tell them my beliefs on it and the reason that I chose to get vaccinated and and vice versa. I'm not going to tell them that, oh, I'm vaccinated. You should be vaccinated. Well, they can do what they want. Mm-hmm. Do I think it'd be better if they would? Absolutely. Like the thing that I heard today, the mechanic was talking about, and I'd like to tell him he's full of shit on this, but he said their safety guy has been vaccinated. And since he's been vaccinated, he's come down with COVID three times. And he's like, well, what kind of vaccination is that? And I just got back in the truck. So I was just like, there's nothing out there on any vaccine for anything that is 100% effective. You can still contract stuff. Condoms are not 100% effective. Also, I'm questioning how you can catch COVID three times. Yeah. Well, hence the reason I just got back in the truck. There's some holes in that story. But also, if, if somehow the entire story checked out, I would be like... Um, that vaccine kept him from dying from COVID three times. Right. And that's, that's my argument when people talk about it. Yes, there are. I mean, because this is the anti-vaxxers argument. Well, you're vaccinated and or people are vaccinated and they're still getting COVID. Absolutely. But their symptoms are less severe and their survival rate is much greater than those who are unvaccinated. And they're not the one. They're not the ones who are clogging up the ICUs right now. And to me, that's my main problem with the anti-vaxxers right now. Mm-hmm. Like if it's just your personal decision, I have a problem with you catching it and, and spreading it, which is happening. Sure. And that's one of the main reasons why we put masks back on in California is because we didn't hit the 80% threshold and all of the non-vaccinated people are spreading it all over the place. So we're all wearing masks again. Um, but beyond just spreading it everywhere, sure, you're increasing the likelihood that I'm going to come in contact with COVID, but being vaccinated, they'll say, why are you worried? You're vaccinated. So don't worry about it. Like if we want to spread COVID all around the place, 
I hate that argument. Just stay out of it. And I'm like, well, you're kicking off variants left and right. And pretty soon, my maybe my vaccination's not going to work against one of those variants. Like Delta, Delta wasn't around last year. Delta's thanks to tons of people getting COVID. Uh, but then the ICUs, I'm tired of just well, things being at capacity and people not being able to go in for routine procedures or if you have some sort of a medical emergency, and I'm sorry, this ambulance is already full of people and it's parked outside of a hospital because there aren't even enough beds. Right. Like, and you hear that all the time. Like I was reading this article the other day that, and I didn't read deep into it, but the, basically the, the, the gist of it was, is these doctors were like, if people don't start getting vaccinated, we are going to have to choose who lives and who dies and who we can treat and who we, and that should never be our decision. We They're already doing that. That's called right. tri- triage. Like you're trying to decide based on who's younger, who has a more more likely to get better with treatment. I would hate there to be a situation where the doctor is looking at triage and says, this guy has more likelihood to pull through and is younger and it's an unvaccinated guy. And he's like taking a ventilator or taking a, a bed from somebody who is vaxxed and maybe just got in a motorcycle accident or something happened to them and now they're dead because... Because there's no room for them. Yeah. yeah. So if there's a little contract they can sign that says, if I get COVID, I'm not going to the hospital. I don't trust doctors, so I'm not going to get vaccinated. And I'm not going to start trusting them suddenly when I get COVID. Right. And, you know, and that's the, that's the sad thing is you still, you see all of this stuff out there where these people are, I'm not getting vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. And then you see the ones that contract COVID that are not vaccinated and that survive it. And what do they say? I wish I'd have been vaccinated. But why not take these people's words for it instead know. of social medias? Yeah. And there's so many stories of, <laughs> I, I don't know. This isn't the podcast where we get ourselves in trouble, but I have mixed feelings. Hold on. Hold on. We have a on the top of the wall. Go ahead. <laughs> I have very mixed feelings about the sympathy that I'm supposed to feel for the unvaccinated people who end up in the hospital and sometimes die. And that's a terrible thing for me to, to think. Well, and even just saying it, it's like, oh, we're, and, taught and to, we're taught to care about our fellow sure. human being. I get that. But here's what I'm going to say on it. I have zero sympathy for them. Zero. Now, re- minus a health reason that you cannot be vaccinated. The people that just flat out refuse it and then get COVID and then want to, their family wants to get on there and like, oh, well, they're this, they're this bad. They might not. We're having a GoFundMe, please support. Right. And, and it, as bad as it is for me to say, the hell with them. I, I don't feel sorry for them because you had the tools. It's a free vaccination. It's not going to cost you anything. Go get it. And just the long list of reasons that these people don't want to be vaccinated from we're being microchipped and they're going to track us. You dumb shit. That thing you hold in your hand and play on social media on all day. That's what you're being tracked with. Not a fucking vaccine. I mean, just the stupidity of the world today just blows me away. And I'm not a smart guy. So when I say the stupidity, I mean, that's pretty bad. That's what scares me when I look around. I'm like, wait a minute. Are we supposed to be the smart ones in the room? Like, because I feel like we're in trouble if I'm looking around and I'm like, well, wait, is nobody else going to figure this out? <laughs> I just, and 
the same mechanic today was talking about somebody else. Well, they got vaccinated and then they got COVID and they've never felt this bad. Well, sure, it's not a good deal, but I bet you their chances of surviving, it's a lot better than if they weren't vaccinated. And I, I did say something to him on that. I just said, I've been vaccinated, fully vaccinated since April. Zero side effects. I mean, I haven't grown an extra penis, anything like that. I don't know what these people are worried about. Yeah. But, you know, and then another one, he said something about, well, so-and-so got vaccinated. And like three days later, they got COVID. Well, you got to wait two weeks in between vaccine, the first dose and the second dose. So, I don't four weeks, know. four to six weeks, I think. Between was it four weeks, or yeah, okay. if, after two weeks, it doesn't have any effect until two weeks. You get up to the first level of protection. So, yeah, if you got it, <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I got my first dose on March 17th, and I got my second dose on April 7th. So, you gotta wait a few weeks. But it's just like taking antibiotics when you get sick. They don't, you don't pop a pill and then immediately feel better. It takes a day or two for it to kick in. It it takes time. Yeah. Well. But, <laughs> and I guess we should also note that I feel really bad because we should be doing this show together in Los Angeles. I should be on my way to LA right now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was. I wrote down a, in the in the show notes. We need a whole section for the Carl apology. Scott got his hopes up because well. Now, um, I'm going to tell you, this is part of my apology. So since we had to cancel the LA trip, I got home last Friday about three o'clock. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the show. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. I want to see Wrigley Field. That's always been a dream of mine is to go to Wrigley Field. My favorite current player was Chris Bryant. They traded him to the Giants. I was pissed off. But last weekend, he came home for the first time being traded. And I was on Instagram, and I saw it, and I looked at Marissa, and I was like, hey, look, Bryant's back in Chicago. And she goes, well, they play tomorrow. Do you want to go? So we went to Chicago last weekend. I got to go to Wrigley Field, got to see Chris Bryant. We had great seats, like seven rows behind home plate. It was awesome. How in the I world would, is that supposed to make apology? you feel better for you not? <laughs> for me. <laughs> It was a spur of the moment deal, and I did feel bad. I was like, "Look, I'm sorry know. we couldn't make it to LA, but just to let well, you know, we decided to go to Chicago." And it actually worked out because, on a sad note, Marissa's grandmother passed away in the funeral Saturday morning. So this yeah. Saturday, yeah, she passed away Tuesday. So I guess even if you guys were coming, you'd have to go back. Or, or we, we really terrible. It, yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll just have to plan it again and we eventually will get to LA. All right. And I asked off when I, when I got this new job for our listeners, I got this new job. I did ask off for the bachelor's party. I didn't ask off for this weekend. So it worked out. You're looking at me the same way Marissa looked at me when I told her that I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at you very jittery because the connection speed is uh, for some reason. I'm in New Mexico. You got no Wi-Fi over there? I'm on the Wi-Fi. Oh, I'm on my laptop. I wonder if your data would be better. Oh, you are in the laptop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll hook, mean, up, I'll hook up to the Wi-Fi and I find out that my phone's data is faster. We do that when we FaceTime when I'm gone. But obviously being on a laptop, I kind of have to have the Wi-Fi. But I mean, you're coming through great thank you 
So let's get your opinion on the vaccination mandate that Biden is going with. I think just like all the other vaccination mandates that have happened and we have an effect, it makes sense. But it's really infringing on everybody else's freedoms to do what they want to do that we can't reach herd immunity. And so just like smallpox, just like whatever other vaccinations you have to take, this is one that's like, and it's not even mandatory. If you're not going to, if you're not going to get vaccinated, you have to get tested every week. So I'm fine with it. I know some people, I don't know. Um, Again, like with me, yes, I think people need to be vaccinated. I do. I have a problem with the president of the United States who in December says, I will not issue a mask mandate. I will not issue a vaccination mandate. And then turns around and does it. But even these other vaccinations that you're supposed to get as children, your parents have the right to not vaccinate you. So, yeah, and if you, and you still have the right to not get vaccinated, you just can't go the same places that those kids can go, like public school, or you can't be in the military if you won't take those oh, other, other vaccinations either. Military, maybe, but you still go to a public school and not be vaccinated for the measles and chicken pox and all of that. Really? Uh, oh, yes. But I mean, my thing is, is to me, this kind of follows the whole abortion thing my body, my choice. And you're forcing companies to have this vaccination mandate. So if somebody is strongly against it, for whatever reason, they're going to lose their job because they don't want to get vaccinated. Yeah. To me, I think it's horseshit. I mean, I think it's horseshit when they do the comparison with the abortion stance of my body. Because A, abortions are not contagious. I get that part of it. I do. (laughs) So whatever but, you do with your body over there does not affect me and my body at all. But just like they say, the right. freedom to swing your fist stops at my face. You know, you can do whatever you want with your body as long as it's not affecting my body. And so if not getting vaccinated is killing a thousand people a day, it, I could see it being a lot different than somebody's personal choice to have an abortion or not. Yeah, no, and I understand that, but... I don't know. I just don't think it should be forced upon by the government of the United States. Yeah, they're not coming to your door and forcing you to get a vaccine. They're saying if you want to keep your job, your employer has to decide like, hey, do you want to get the vaccine or do you want to get tested every week? Well, but let's look at this scenario. So how many people are within the United States are totally against this vaccine millions upon millions hmm. Pro- i'm going to say it's probably split 50 50 so say you have that population that does not want it and they're threatened with their livelihood so they said fuck it i quit well then all of a sudden your economy tanks so h- how is that good for the country well what also tanks the economy is when you have a pandemic and it has tanked the economy for like the last year and a half so to me i'd be much i'd much rather have them stay home Keep your contagious ass home. And if you really are that against it, then I don't know. Don't bring it. Don't keep coming to work and spreading it. Just like if you come to work having the flu. And I get that. And and I'm not against the vaccine. I just, I can have, I can sympathize with those that are being forced or to make a really, really difficult choice to be in. Because this is 
the United States. This is America. We supposedly have freedom. To me, this infringes on that freedom. Now, do I want these people to go get vaccinated? Absolutely, I do. But I feel I, like these people are infringing on my freedom. Yeah. At, a, at, at this point, 18 months into this, when we've had a solution for almost a year now, yeah, I'm, I feel like these people are infringing on my freedom to, well, get, back, understand. to get back to my life. And I can I mean, sympathize with that side, that, that side as well, because, I mean, granted, I'm in Texas. We have zero mandates. We do what we want, but we die like we want. <laughs> I am in New Mexico and there is a mask mandate here. Do people abide by it? Not at all. But, but there is one here. I don't know. It's I, I mean, can see both sides. of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the, like other, the other side of it for me is just who are we trying to protect at this point? We're trying to protect the vulnerable population that can't get vaccinated. And that's a small, it's a small percentage wise. I'm, I'm sure it's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of Americans that physically cannot get the vaccine or are immunocompromised. Why is it every time I'm making a point, Carl decides to change the subject to his Chicago jersey? Keep going. Keep talking, Scott. I liked how when Marissa was on last week, she was like, called you out. Carl, why do you always make a joke when Scott's saying something important? <laughs> What I do, I, I keep the livelihood of the show going. Yeah, it's our but livelihood. No. So I don't even know what I was talking about. But I don't know. I just, I just was curious to where you stood on the whole forcing of the vaccinations. And it's, I still don't I, feel I like it's one hundred percent. And I understand your side of it, but I also understand. The other side, and I did see something that was hilarious hilarious yesterday that said, so I have over 100 employees working for me, so I'm going to have to enforce this vaccination. So I laid off 13 vaccinated employees to keep me at 99, and I thought that was hilarious. I mean, people are going to find a way around this. Like, I guess the humor in that is... Those 13 vaccinated people shouldn't have been vaccinated. They lost their jobs because of the vaccine. Well, but I think that what, what I get out of it is them saying, if you're not vaccinated and you don't want to, you're going to lose your job. So this guy was saying, instead of me having to force my employees, the people that are already vaccinated, guess what? You're vaccinated, so you lose your job. So it kind of turns the table. I, I understand it. I get it. I get I'm what like, he's well, trying to do there. Well, I agree <laughs> do we, do we turn it? the table no. of being like, I'm going to arrest the guy who didn't kill somebody. That's the way I turn the tables. Like we've enlisted this sort of like punishment and I'm going to take I this. I think that's a little. Yeah. I'm going to take this innocent person who's doing things that I want them to do. And I'm going to punish them. <laughs> I'm going to arrest. I'm going to pull over the car that's going 55 instead of the car that's going 90. I don't, this, uh, there's a lot of like delay on this episode. I'm not sure if this one's going to work out. <laughs> like when you were talking, do I, need to do it I don't have headphones with me, so I can't do it through my phone. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You're coming, you're coming through clear. I don't know why it's, it's jittery over here. And since I assume the recording is happening here. Oh, it's happening. I had to agree to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that's, 
that's, I think, what makes, I'll say, liberals upset with conservatives is when you take something like the like the mandate or whatever, and you're like, I'm going to turn it into a joke. And I'm just going to say, like, I've, I'm firing people for being vaccinated. That makes it hard to take them seriously. You know, like they're not they're not trying to create a safer workplace They're There's not like it's not like they discovered a solution that works better. They're just saying, here's what you told me to do. So I'm going to do the opposite, not because there's any good reason to do the opposite. But I'm going to I'm just going to do the opposite because I don't like and I don't. And whenever you tell me to do something, I'm going to use that dislike of you to to not agree just out of spite. Sure. And that's exactly what it's out of. But what about the Biden administration coming out talking about the booster shot? And then the very next day, the FDA comes out and says, don't listen to the Biden administration because we haven't approved it yet. Well, they haven't so recommended listen it to? yet. Do you listen to the do you, do you listen to the FDA or do you listen to the it's like this administration keeps saying the science, the science, the science, the science. And then the people who recommend it and study the science are saying, no, 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 no. Hold on. We're not ready to recommend this yet. I mean, yeah. I'm I, me personally, I'm 99% sure they're going to recommend it. But at the same time, it's just like that makes it very, very hard for people that are, are already against this administration to trust this administration. Is because they're preaching science, and well, where's your science? You're saying yes, 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 and then here come the doctors and the scientists and pump the brakes. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. I guess the science is conclusive that getting a booster shot does help. The CDC is just saying that it doesn't. I just help got a notice. What? I just got a notice that said my internet connection is unstable. I'll say <laughs> I barely made out that last little section. <laughs> yeah, you're starting to get a little fuzzy now. I'm trying to fix it. Keep talking. Keep going on my, how do you trust them? Well, you want to try doing it on your phone? Even without headphones, it might work. We did without headphones with you and Marissa, and it turned out fine. Yeah, we were on the laptop. I don't know. Well, let me put away my big my big uh, food platter here. Then we'll uh, figure out a workaround. Recording. All right. So now we're going to repeat everything that we just said in the previous call because <laughs> due to technical difficulties, we're restarting the episode. But that means the show is going to be tighter than ever. Tight <laughs> is good. We're gonna we're gonna hit all of the same topics much more smoothly because we had a whole a whole episode to rehearse now it's probably just 20 minutes so carl not knowing what's new with you so i am in new mexico because i took a new job helping the environment you know we support that on this show right i uh i i tested emissions on oil field compressors that they use to pump the natural gas and the oil to make sure they're in compliance with state and federal regulations and what do they do to cut down on emissions? Is there a filter or what, what's the process that so, you're checking? So, yes, these compressors have catalysts on them, which for those of you that drive a non-electric vehicle, 
it's basically the same as a catalytic converter. So it absorbs all of the stuff, the bad stuff, as much as it can, and then releases a small amount into the environment. And that's what we test for to make sure that we're these, these oil companies aren't releasing more than they should. And if it fails, we shut them down and they have to fix the problem before they can fire them back up. How do they feel about this? Do they like having you there? Do they say, hey, we're glad that technology allows us to capture a lot of our emissions now instead of putting sure. it out of the I air? Mean, they're all pretty good about it. And honestly, like when we're out testing, I'd say about 85% of the time, the company sends a mechanic out. And if we're, we tell them, hey, we're not passing right now, they'll go over there and they'll do whatever they do. And I mean, the other day I had them change out a catalyst, which makes my day really long, but it helps the environment because they're correcting the problem. I wonder, I mean, that's awesome. I wonder how often you check on a certain place and like, you're probably not going to see these guys for how long? Again. At least a year. Well, and, and the thing about it is, is these compressors can be moved. So we tested two of them today. So we go test them. If they were to move these compressors tomorrow, they have to be tested again. If they s stay where they're at, it's once a year. Okay. But they can't have you test and then they'll move the filters or the whatever well, needs to be replaced. They move them to the other ones you're going to test tomorrow. And then you go no. the next day to test. <laughs> no, no. Because the thing about it is, is we wouldn't allow them to do that because that's more on us. Like the one that they had to change the catalyst out on yesterday. Each test takes three hours. So we get there, we hook up, we start testing. Hey, you're not passing. He has to shut the compressor down, take it apart, pull this catalyst out, change it out. And it was like a two hour ordeal. So what well, was a three hour deal for us turned into a five hour deal. So yeah, we don't want that. Those mechanics don't want to have to do that. So it's in their best interest just to make sure everything's up to par. You think that when you're not there testing, I don't know, is there any sort of a penalty if you continue to not pass and have to keep changing things out when the inspectors show up? Mm. Like if I'm driving around with all of my taillights out, but once a year you come and check and you're like, hey, all of your taillights are out. I'm like, oh, right, right. Let me get that fixed. And I fix it. And then the well, rest, when you, whenever you're not there, I'm operating without worrying about that. And they're all broken every time that you check. I do know the, the guy that I'm with right now was telling me like in the state of New Mexico, they've passed a deal to where like, you know, the flares where they just burn it all off that you're only allowed to flare for uh, it's like 30 seconds every 30 minutes or something like that. And the state of New Mexico has put up drones. They'll send up drones and monitor it. And they find the, the first company they caught not abiding by the new rules. They find them like $5 million. So when you do that, yes. And also we're, where I'm at is right on the border of Texas and New Mexico. And he was telling me that this drone caught a flare in Texas breaking the rules. So they called Texas and got Texas involved and Texas find this company. And then what is this pro I don't think we've ever had this in depth of a like technical conversation on this show before. So if any listeners are caught off guard by learning how oil 
field emissions are handled. This is what you get. It's a grab bag with this show. But I know. Um, but when you say burn off, what is that process? Why would they want to be burning oil? Well, it's not burning oil. It's the natural gas and the the like the CO two and all of that stuff that it's emitting back into the ozone. It, it, they're trying to burn it off before it's released into the ozone. But if you burn something, I get, okay, they don't want it to be released in natural gas form. They want it to be released in carbon dioxide right. or carbon monoxide, I guess it would be. Right. I mean, uh, and, we, and we test for, I mean, like formaldehyde, and CO2 and O2. And it, it's, it's just, and I, I'm still learning the ropes and all the lingo on it. So I don't know. It, it, it's a neat process. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting job. Yeah. I'm in the oil field, but I'm also fighting the oil field. How'd I get it? I have absolutely no idea. Well, change from the inside. I think that's the most effective way. I just know they called and interviewed me and then offered me the job at a really handsome salary. It was too hard to turn down. It's got a lot of travel involved, huh? Well, I'm actually in New Mexico last week and this week, and then starting next week, I'll be in the Texas area, more so around Midland, Odessa. Hopefully, San Angelo. I don't have to drive to Midland every day, but we shall see. We will see. Well, that's the big news uh, of the day. I guess all the other stories are just small. Um, what's going on in the rest of the country? We know that Carl's handling emissions. We can all rest easy. We can all breathe easy because the air is a little bit clearer thanks to you. I'm in. I'll do what I can. Uh, speaking of emissions and uh, saving the planet, you you sent me a little article about my car, which yes. leads me to understand that this is a big story, not just Bolt owners are aware of, that our batteries with all these little pockets, is how I've been described, pocket cells is a cheaper way to manufacture these batteries. And these were manufactured in South Korea by LG and 20 cars now out of 140,000. So still pretty small number, but 20 is not, sure. n- not nothing uh, have caught fire on their own because one of these little uh, b- cells in the battery has malfunctioned and you don't even have to be charging. It's most of the time it just happens when it's just parked. So, you know, I'll admit it's a, it's a little worrisome. Sure. And it should be. And I have, stopped charging my car in the garage which is so convenient and once you get used to your garage being a gas station it's really hard to go back <laughs> to not <laughs> just pulling into your garage and filling up <laughs> but i've stopped i've stopped charging at home as much or i've you know i tried to pace it out and um then they say they sent us a note that said, Oh yeah, so here's the deal. We're gonna recall everybody's batteries. Everybody's gonna get new batteries over the next year or two, and they're gonna be bigger and you'll get more range. Um, but until then, we recommend not charging in your garage. Also, not charging above 90% in the battery. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can, you know, oh, also don't use the battery lower than 30%. So now I'm basically working with 60% of the battery that I used to have. Because I, if I can't go lower than 30 and I can't charge above 90, then you have reduced my range. My road trips are, will be much more difficult than before. Just fly. You know, before this happened, I was driving to Texas in this bolt. 
Carl can attest. It's charged at a San Angelo car dealership while we went and got tacos. Tacos and drank beer in the backyard. Good times. It's all the words that ride out of my mouth. I was about to say good times. So you're probably not going to see this bolt again, at least for another year or two. Well, within that next year or two, I promise you, I will make my way to Los Angeles. Yep. We have to tour the Scientology church together. Believe it when I see it. The Celebrity Center. I don't... One of us needs to become a celebrity so we can see what the inside of that thing looks like. We already are. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that when you show up and say, I'm a celebrity, let me see it. They check a book or maybe they just check your name. They Google you and they say, oh, I'm sorry. uh, Your your book is wrong. Google is wrong. No one says Google is wrong. I say it all the time. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you can study up on Scientology before your California trip. One of many wonderful tourist attractions out here are is one of the largest cults in the cult. states. See, next to Texas A and M, there's a cult next to Tex- Texas A and M is a cult. Texas A and M is a cult. Yeah, they're a cult with a pretty good football team. No, they're not. <laughs> no, no, they're not. They barely beat a Colorado team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had them looking pretty suspect. I don't and understand the, how they're ranked. The week before, they struggled with Kent State until like the end of the third quarter. Okay, I didn't watch anything about that game. But I, I'm obviously just a disgruntled Longhorn right now. Uh, uh, don't even get me started on them. I have no room to talk. But Arkansas is on the rise. Sark, and I've said it from day one, when he announced who the starter was, made the wrong decision. So Hudson I, Card just showed up on campus, right? Or has he been there a year? He's a red shirt. Okay. So he's been, but you look at Casey Thompson. Okay. Ellinger gets hurt in the ball game last year. Casey Thompson comes in and just is incredible. Yeah. Four touchdown passing. I mean, just great. There's just certain players who are able to handle stressful situations, the pressure. Yeah. And Casey Thompson is one of them. And what makes it great is he's not even from Texas, he's from Oklahoma City. So he basically said, screw you, OU. I'm going to Texas. They wanted him? Oh, yeah. So I, I don't even remember him being a big recruit. His dad was at uh, quarterback at OU. <laughs> and he comes to Texas, which makes it even sweeter. But Sark has come out. He's given Thompson the start this week. So, which it's Rice. I could yeah. go start this week for and probably blow Rice out of the water. So that'll be a nice practice game for him. And hopefully he does well and gets the start the next week. I hope so. He still he did still say both quarterbacks will play, which I think is dumb. I think he's going to do the same thing that he's done the last two weeks. Is just put play in, play Thompson till like third into the third quarter, and then put exactly. Card in. Yeah, I hope so. And by the end, it's going to be out of out of hand. So yeah, and that's a great position for Card to be in is to come in and just clean up a game that's already over. Get some good reps yeah. in. Some good handoff, handoff, handoff. That's all. That's all you need to do. No, let him throw it. You know what? He needs he needs game experience. He does, he hasn't had any. These are his first games. But you look at the last two quarterbacks that came out of Blake Travis that went to Austin, and look at what ha- what has happened. First, you start with Garrett Gilbert. Okay, Backup he got, quarterback for the Cowboys. Well, he's been cut. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, which, I, again, that's a whole different story. I think it's stupid. But. He filled in for Colt McCoy when he pulled his crap in the national championship against Alabama. Played well. Okay, future looks, still looks good. And then didn't the play next that year, well. I mean, well, he, they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. You're right. You're right. He was he was not bad. Not bad. He, he was not bad. He he brought us back. 
after he settled in. But the next year, he was horrible. And then he ends up transferring to SMU, where he had a decent career, signed with the Patriots, got a Super Bowl ring with them. And now you have Hudson Card. And I just think it's another Garrett Gilbert deal. I don't think these quarterbacks, I mean, if you look at the, and a lot of people that are not from Texas are not going to understand this, but the districts, your Austin districts are not that strong. Other than Lake Travis and Austin Westlake, you don't have anybody. So sure. And and then you're playing in region three or region four. So you go through the, you get to the state championship and you haven't really played anybody. So I just, I don't think Huston Card's the answer. I don't think any quarterback out of Lake Travis is ever going to be the answer. Now, you look at Westlake, Drew Brees. He went to Austin Westlake, arguably one of the greatest to ever play the game. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP with the Eagles, Austin Westlake. You know, they're a little more reputable than Lake Travis. Hmm. All right, we need to go uh, recruit Westlake a little harder. Yes. Although I did see that Manning. uh, Sam Ellinger, Austin Westlake. Oh, really? We're going to have a Manning on campus, a five-star recruit, is coming for the Oklahoma State weekend. Okay, good. And I did read today that he's going to the Alabama Ole Miss game. This, I guess it's this weekend, or he's committed to go to that one. Yeah. Which I'm kind of torn on that. I never was a Peyton fan until he went to Denver. I was actually a huge Colts fan until they drafted him. Eli just sucks. Eli, you can say all you want about Eli. He won Super Bowls. Talk about being clutch for being. No, there's there's no clutch when you just throw the ball as far and as high as you can and hope to God your receivers catch it and they come through. So you can thank Odell Beckham for making Eli look great. But Eli was a horrible quarterback. Horrible. (laughs) But you're right. I did think he's got so many rings. How many rings? Well, so many rings. He has two. two. They both have two. And he'll be a Hall of Famer because of that. But he's horrible. I mean, if you want to get Trent Dilfer has a damn Super Bowl ring. Sorry, I got a call. No calls during the show. I know. Well, I at least got a texture. Okay, I'm back. No good. Well, in our previous segment, before we uh, started a news on sports, we did, we, did, uh, we did touch on some COVID disagreement at work. I don't know how much of it. Just put it on there. Nobody listens to us anyway. We'll just go ahead and put on the original one, and then this will be the tacked on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to say we're good for COVID this week. Uh, We celebrated the 9-11 anniversary, 20-year anniversary, uh, just of which we're losing a 9-11's worth of people every two days still in this country. The 9-11 anniversary, I respect it, but it also highly disappointed me how so what were your expectations and what was the delivery what was even the expectations of what in particular like a certain event the cubs game on saturday oh okay it was spur of the moment hey last flight leaves out of san angelo at 8 30 we can be in chicago by 1 a.m cubs game tomorrow at one let's book it let's do it let's go for me growing up being a cubs fan and watching the Cubs on TV, the seventh inning stretch has always been Harry Carey, God rest his soul, singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. I've always wanted to participate in that. Seventh inning stretch, they sang God Bless America. <laughs> and God Bless America, but damn it, I didn't pay a lot of money for great seats to sing God Bless America. 
I paid a lot of money for great seats to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game during the seventh inning stretch. And it did not happen. It couldn't do both, huh? Nope. I mean, it could have, but. Yeah. I mean, I guess of all the days to go ahead and do God Bless America. And I will, I will send you a video here in a little while. It was pretty neat. They did a 9-11 tribute on the big screen. So I've got my phone out and I'm filming it. And about that time, here comes this this plane flying over the big screen. And I was just like, what are the odds of that? Well, was it one of those planes that they... It fired? wasn't a flyover. It was just a <laughs> commercial plane going to O'Hare. I'm sure he was like enjoying his own flyover. He's like, look at me. I'm going to be the plane that flies over the stadium. It, it was me. And I, I, I kind of panned up a little bit, come back down, and I was just like, huh. Well, if something goes down, then by God, I got it on film. They're going to say, yeah, Carl had video footage of this plane right before it crashed into the stadium. Right. But other than that, that's my only complaint about the 9-11. <laughs> it's hard to believe it's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I, it, to me, the 10 years was a big deal. For some reason, 20 years just sort of like... I don't know. <clears throat> well, I think if, as more and more comes out about the sneakiness of the Bush administration back then about going to war with Iraq, because again, do I believe we should have went into Afghanistan? Absolutely. Iraq, not so much. And I don't, I think I sent you the trailer to the movie and I can't even think of what the name of that movie was, but it was a, a, a damn good movie. And, and it was about these reporters who would not write about weapons of mass destruction. They, they held off, and they kept doing more and more, more research. And basically, they kind of got the administration to finally say they never had proof of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which I think we all knew that. I don't know. At the time, I didn't know that. At the time, well, I, was at a, I was at an age where I thought, Oh, well, obviously, Colin Powell just got up there and said there's yellow cake uranium and this is these aluminum tubes are going to be used for nothing other than nuclear research. He's a trustworthy guy. If I didn't trust the Bush administration, I at least trusted him. And they talked about that in the movie where he was the last person in that administration to get on board with him. And there's a there's a. A podcast series called Slow Burn, and they dig deep into stories like this each season. The first season is, is about the Nixon uh, Watergate. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? <sighs> Blanking on the name, the Nixon <laughs> impeachment. <laughs> um, and then the last one is about the Bush's decision to go to war and more Cheney's decision than everybody around Bas- him's decision. Right. And, and basically, what this movie was insinuating is is they had people they wouldn't go after high-ranking officials for their information because obviously they're all going to say the same thing they would go for the people under them that would talk and basically what they were saying was they made up the agenda and they forced the what they considered the truth to the media to justify them going to war so they basically already met in a room and said, this is what's going to happen. We need to turn it, the stories into this, 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 and this to support our decision. So their minds were already made up regardless of any evidence. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like lazy reporting. 
is i mean okay yeah the administration is terrible when you're making up information and feeding lies to reporters but it's also the reporter's job to not just take their word for it right <clears throat> and a lot right. of them a, a lot and that's of them, what these guys did yeah well a lot of them get around it by reporting the story as president trump said that this happened and that this is the case of this and that's their story and it's like okay well you technically you didn't lie because you said he said this lie but you need to do a little bit more digging to see if is you don't just need to repeat whatever the president tells you right you need to do your research and verify whatever's being said which is why but then this also got report like reporters into trouble is when they say president bush said this turns out that's not true here is actually what the case is and then you would have all of these republicans complaining that the media is biased because they're like you just always call bush a liar and they're like well bush is lying all the time (laughs) what are you supposed to do exactly and every president in the history of the united states does it to a certain extent but man that was a huge one I mean, you let us invade another country. Was was Saddam Hussein a good guy? Not at all. He deserved to be ousted. But in the way that we did it, no. No, we should have never been in Iraq, ever. Afghanistan, absolutely, 100%. But Iraq, no. Yeah, Afghanistan, to me, my problem with that is that we didn't really know what we were going to do there. And I don't, like, I agree with having some sort of a, recourse you know revenge whatever but what was the plan because you didn't do anything that made it better you killed more you got just about as many americans killed as were killed on 9 11 to begin with and then you killed a whole bunch of afghanis you know some of them bad some of them not so what was the point like if you could go back and do it better then maybe but right now, looking back on it, no, I don't think we should have gone gone in knowing what I know now and what what it resulted. If you could go back and decide to make it a little bit better as Carl Peets, we're going to keep rolling this out. You know, if we just stop talking, it'll be edited to a race yeah, well, of silence. The, the mute button was great. <laughs> yeah. But- I remember in some of those early episodes that people go back and listen to the first few. We oh, did I not just- have the didn't discover the mute button yet. I did not, but I have now. Yeah. Six or seven beers in, I had to go. Understandable. So yeah, knowing what we know now about how Afghanistan went personally, I, I would say, yeah, we shouldn't have gone in unless we knew how to do it better. Correct. And And I don't know, yeah, I don't know what the, what the plan would have been to do it better, but I wouldn't support the same thing in the future. Unless I, we said, here's what re- went wrong the last time we tried to do this. Here's what we're going to do differently. And I remember everybody was was bringing up Vietnam at the beginning of invading Afghanistan and Iraq, mostly Iraq, but Afghanistan. And I thought, what does that have to do with anything? And now <laughs> it's like, well, when you go into a country, you need to know what the plan is and you need to make sure that you're actually wanted there or that you have you know who you're fighting for and that you're just not going to be the enemy once you arrive. Right. And from one sad note to the other, and I'm sure you're probably with me on this, Norm McDonald, a terrible loss in the comedian community in the. Yeah. I commend him though. 
he's fought cancer for nine years and nobody knew. Yeah, that's pretty wild. In his position, that's impressive. And a lot of people don't like him. I thought he was hilarious. He was he was very funny. I thought sometimes he was very not funny, but I think that's yeah. because he would take chances. Mm-hmm. It's important to take chances in comedy, and I think that that's sometimes. But maybe it wasn't even take chance. Sometimes he got a little personal. You could tell he had little personal grudges, and he right. would get he would get off of being funny, and it would be more like some sort of rant on political correctness. And to me, that's even worse than actual political correctness is with the people that complain about it all the time, like constantly, like, I can't say anything. I'm being muzzled. Like, no, you're not. I'm literally listening to you right now say that you can't say anything and that you're muzzled and your platform has been taken from you. I'm listening to you. So I know you have a platform. Anyway, Norm sometimes would go off on those things, but overall, this was a genius, like he was oh, doing, he was doing things nobody had done before. He changed the news desk on SNL from just just being this slapstick like Chevy Chase kind of news desk to I don't know was it more aggressive or more just opinionated or had more personality to it? Like it was real Chevy. It was a joke, and he made it right. and, real. And Norm would bring that like current events and make them funny and joke about them. And I think he is responsible for what the news desk on SNL is today. Yeah. I I read about how he kept reminding America that OJ Simpson was a murderer during the trial (laughs) and after the trial. And in fact, in fact, that's eventually what got him kicked off for, I mean, arguably some not that funny jokes about it, but (laughs) The fact that he was willing to go there, right. I think well, it's aged very well because at this point we know this man was OJ guilty. Was guilty. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and the thing about it back then, and it's been a long, long time before I was even really interested in reading about this kind of stuff. I saw somewhere where he did that on purpose because he was trying to get fired. Hmm. Because they wouldn't allow him to do what he wanted to do. So, but he was under contract. So he was like, well, if I do this, I'll just fire me. He finally made it happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that he really did too much after SNL. And I do, I mean, he he really didn't. I wonder if his, uh, how long he would have lasted or what he might have done on SNL if he had stayed. He was in some funny movies. uh, But but he never never reached that same high point to me as he was on the news desk. And to me, that that cast of SNL back then, just because that's what we grew up with, to me, that's the greatest cast ever. I mean, you had Norm MacDonald, Adam Sandler, David Spade, Chris Farley, Rob Schneider. I mean, they were hilarious. I could argue the the Will Ferrells, the Sherry O'Terry, Jimmy Fallon's, they were great too. But to me, that Norm MacDonald cast was just... It's weird the- because every cast isn't as funny as the previous cast until you get a little bit later on. And then I'll appreciate the the previous cast. Exactly. Like even, even the one from like five years ago, um, it should really look up some names, (laughs) (laughs) but they were so stacked with talent. The guy who's on Barry, the assassin on H that HBO, uh, Oh yeah, Fred Armisen, Bill Hader. I like Jay- Bill Hader. I Jason Sudeikis. 
Oh, Sudeikis is hilarious. Kate McKinnon, Cecily Strong. Um, who is one of my favorite actresses? Well, Tina Fey was on there. Like some of these people, to me, that you look back at it and just think that was an all-star cast. Um, I guess it just it comes down to what generation you are. Oh, Kristen Wiig. That's who I was trying to think of. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, she's hilarious. She is. So I would take that cast over the Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, David Spade. To me, those people, you throw in Andy Samberg was in there too. Samberg was funny, but I I would not take any of them over the Sandler, Spade, Farley. Yeah. I I mean, the, the, the rap spoofs or the musical spoofs that Andy Samberg did. Oh, especially with Justin Timberlake. Very much on par uh, with the Adam Sandler stuff, the musical stuff that he was doing. Well, and I think Sandberg and Sandler are a lot alike. And I also like Pete. Oh, was it? Is it Pete Davidson? Oh, Pete Davidson showed up a little bit after that. He he was after, but I always liked him. I thought he was good. He's pretty funny. He's he comes and goes. He has. And I I like the two guys that are doing the news desk now. I think they're hilarious. Oh, Michael Shea and. is it Colin something? Colin, yes. Yeah, I, I think they're they're great together. I think they're fine. Of all the news <laughs> desks, I feel like they're <laughs> all right. They have some good chemistry. But yes, uh, everybody, go back and uh, search search some of those um, Norm Macdonald interviews on Conan. I think that was some of his. Oh, best, those are great. His yes. best post SNL work was as a guest on Conan O'Brien. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And fun fact about Norm Macdonald, he was a huge Billy Joe Shaver fan. Hmm. And I know I can see it running through your mind right now. Like, who the hell is Billy Joe Shaver? I know. I remember because when he died, we were like, "Yep, let's I paid condolences to him." Let's let's talk about how he threatened. Who who did he threaten to put a, uh, his song on his album? Merle Haggard. I oh, think. There, there's no telling with Billy Joe. He's just one of the greatest songwriters ever. The true originator of Outlaw Country. Yeah. Beat a murder. I don't know if it was murder, but he did shoot somebody or something and got off of it. That's self-defense. Good man. (laughs) Just like Norm MacDonald. (laughs) Right. So, anything else? How often do we have an in-memoriam section on the podcast? Fairly often these days, because all of our heroes are dying. We had Eddie Van Halen, and we, we had, had the we had the three part. Billy Joe okay. died. Jay Jeff. Okay, yeah, three people. There were three of them that week. Mm-hmm. And now Norm. And then we do Kurt like every other week. Still. Well, he was murdered. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, that's gonna be one that we're just. Did you ever watch Soak and Bleach? Well, it's not it's not streaming for free anywhere anymore. I gave you the login information. You did not. Well, I'm going to look that up tonight and see which one of the streaming devices that I have that it's on. And I'm going to send you the login information. I'll I'll happily watch it. And then next week, we'll argue about it. Sounds like a plan. Tune in next week, everybody. Not any news, no topical information whatsoever. In fact, I've taken the last almost week off from the news, as you may have been able to tell based on my knowledge of current events. Well, I haven't kept up with it much out here. So so tune in to hear the latest uh, of non-news. I don't know. I like that. The non-news guys. We have opinions, but they're not based <laughs> on anything factual. No, no facts whatsoever. 
it's it's about how we feel it's like this i feel like this is true I feel like you know this this could probably happen so let's run with it mm -hmm. i like that great so i, I think feel this will probably blow up and be like oh shit. oh we'll get a show on fox if we just get on and say like <laughs> i feel like this is true or, or cnn ah, 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 ah. i feel uh, like that's not true oh that is very true either network they're both biased as hell to their side and they both have fact checkers i never thought of the job of a fox news fact checker and how difficult that must be but their fact checking is they're agreeing to whatever is said on air which is total horseshit yeah but it's like if tucker carlson wants to make this point and wants to say that this is true and you read all of the inaccuracies that he has you have to find you have to first find those problems and then replace them with information that still somehow supports his argument but is actually true even if it's really twisted around even if it if it's one little sliver of information over here that's correct but disregards all of the other information which basically proves the opposite of what tucker's saying it's your job to go and find some information to help him i feel like the process at cnn is a little different I think that they actually say, here's the whole story. I'm still going to point you towards what I think, but I'm not going oh, to by such point you, by point you to it. We're going to lasso rope you and drag your ass over here because this is the way it is. But I still think they operate in reality. I think they say like, here's the story. Here's, here's why we think that this is the way it is, but they don't take, I don't think they have to jump through so many hoops to build the case that they're trying to make by cutting out all of this other information. Like when I'm watching Fox news, I will literally shout, you're leaving this out or you're neglect. Like that's not true based on this other thing. And I'm sure that conservatives watching CNN would have problems with the information that they choose to include, but I don't I think it's as disingenuous have, i'm conservative and i have problems with cnn and fox news i mean doesn't fox have to be pretty bad if a conservative has a lot of problems with fox absolutely and i honestly i owe that to you because prior to you prior to you and i having discussions i was just fox 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 what they say is truth and then when i started actually watching it paying attention to it and then doing my own research like well holy shit this is horrible so that's why when, when i talk to people that are from the area that we grew up in and i understand why they are the way they are why they believe what they believe and i get it 100 percent. but until you and i started having discussions i never opened my eyes to other other people's opinions and actually listening to it that was one of the neatest things i liked when we went to chicago is what i told marissa we went to the it's what's called the bean or mm -hmm. sky something like that, whatever it's called but down there i saw i mean it's a huge tourist attraction i saw like a group of muslims that had the full muslim gear with the rap a bunch of rabbis uh, this chinese lady that had the full dress gear the fur weird looking hat and what I told her, I said, it's neat to be able to see other people's cultures and appreciate it for what it is instead of being offended by it. 
but you don't really get that when you live in small town west texas you have to go even in the bigger cities san antonio and dallas yes they're more democrat democratic but you don't really get to see this this wide range of different people's culture and learn to respect it and learn that your way of thinking is not always the correct way even though that's what for lack of a better word you've been brainwashed to believe it's not even that it's not correct i think it's sometimes it's, you're just getting a little view of one part and you can't be expected know, to, understand. to know to understand the whole picture when you only get to see one little part right and yeah i mean that's and that's that's what i love about like when we went to boston and then now chicago is you get to experience all of that and if you're one-sided and you're stuck in your ways you're not going to appreciate it for me i appreciate it i'm like to me it's awesome that we live in a country to where this chinese lady can wear that kind of gear or get up or whatever you want to call it and be out in public and then the jewish people can do it and then the muslim people can do it and nobody's messing with them to me i think that's great and to me i think that's what makes america great but then i look back at where i'm from i can't tell you one person that i know personally that still lives in the area where i'm from that's a democrat it's because they refuse to open their eyes and see that there's something bigger than just what we've been brought up to believe do you think that's exclusive to the democrat i don't know persona or whatever identity because it's strange that you would say that you would link those two things together what do you mean that that the people back home aren't able to enjoy the other cultures and that is synonymous with the people back home are not democrats well i just think in my opinion that the people that are more open-minded are more democratic than they are republican but i also think say if where we grew up was all democratic we would be that way versus sitting back and seeing the republican side point of view and understanding their point of view so that's where like honestly i don't know if i mean i'm i don't want to consider myself a democrat and i don't want to consider myself a republican because i'm in the middle i agree with both sides points points of view on some things and then the some stuff they argue I side with the Republicans or sometimes that they argue I side with the Democrats. I think it just comes down to being one side or the other where you're growing up. It's just being set in your set in your ways and not opening your eyes and realizing and understanding that there's a way of life out there that is not like yours, but it's okay. Yeah, and that and that it's not necessarily a party thing. To me the word liberal and conservative are kind of like more appropriate because liberal does mean like i think you're just interested in things changing you're curious about outside you know people that have different views and you want to try new things and then conservative means kind of the opposite like you don't want to try new things you'd like things are fine the way they are let's do everything we can to keep things uh, don't, don't fix what's not broken let's try to maintain um, and not have things change and to me, a liberal perspective is being interested in those other cultures and exploring the world and getting new ideas from other people. And that wasn't the Democratic Party like a hundred years ago. So that like sometimes party identity is the is you know it doesn't stay the same over the years. Like if I I don't think I would have been a Democrat a hundred years ago. The Democrats were some of the most racist. That was the party that was like uh, 
the KKK grew out of that, the, like the Southern Democrats. And so, yeah, tying ourselves to parties. And well, I just, I think also people need to look at sign of the times. I mean, if you are a Democrat and like you just said, the KKK kind of developed out of that party. I don't think we should hold today's Democrats responsible for what happened a hundred years ago because not one of us was alive and could control what happened a hundred years ago. Yeah. And the Republicans keep pointing out like Abe Lincoln was a Republican. I'm like, yeah, if I was alive in Abe Lincoln's time and he was the leader of your party, guess what? I'd be a Republican too. Right. If JFK Lincoln, was a Democrat and everybody loves JFK. So if Abe Lincoln came back today, I wonder what party he would join or which one he would like feel drawn to because they're not the same parties that they no, were. No, not at all. But anyway, I'm it's glad not- that you had that amazing like experience in Chicago. And I'm glad that us talking has benefited you. I've gained good experience too, of just knowing you, knowing that you are a good person with a good heart. And sometimes I feel I've felt like Republican voters are disingenuous. Like they don't actually believe in what their candidates are saying, because I don't believe they're candidates. I feel like a lot of them are liars, well, but then no, I, I, I'll write well. off. I'll write I off think, the voters and I'll, and I have I to remember we that they all believe that all politicians are liars, <laughs> but I'll sometimes I'll write off the voters and I'll be like, you're, and it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to just say, okay, well, Ted Cruz is saying this, 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 and this, and you're voting for him. So you're the same way. So it's easy to put them into that category. I get it. Yeah. But I am very jaded when it comes to Republican politicians, because when they open their mouth, I do think that it's just, and I know you, many people, people feel this way about Democrats, but the Democratic politicians, but it's just so hard to take. I cannot take Ted Cruz seriously because I do think he is incredibly calculated about what will further his career. Does he really believe Donald Trump, you know, when he, no, he doesn't like he does it. What? And, and I think this goes with Republican or Democrat, independent, whatever. All politicians today, especially the ones that are in their roles, that have the opportunity to be basically a lifelong politician, they do whatever they think is going to keep them where they're at. They'll say whatever they got to say to get into that position. And then when they're voted in, they don't do anything that they promised on the campaign trail. They just start looking forward to the next election, which I think is horseshit. Well, the whole idea of a democracy or de- democratic republic or everybody will even get in the fight of what our country is, is that you are held accountable to your voters. So you should promise Absolutely. them what you should promise them what they want, and then you should get into office and, 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 and try you, your best to enact on them. Because if you want to stay in office, which like you're saying, like that's their number one goal is to stay in your job. To stay in office should mean making your voters happy and doing what they want you right. to do. Which but, we've discussed this before multiple times. Ultimately, that comes down to you and I and all of the constituents because we keep putting them back in office basically on empty promises. Mm-hmm. I will say I, I regret my vote to keep Diane Feinstein in the Senate. We had another we had another Democratic challenger. This was or two years ago, I think it was 2018. And I said, you know what? As long as Diane wants to stay in office, she's got a long track record of helping California, this and that, but not recently. And right now, 
Especially well, what, I don't know. <clears throat> what is your opinion on the recall of the governor governor that they didn't recall? We just took well, it was a Republican power grab that just took two hundred million dollars and flushed it down the toilet on an attempt to get the governorship in a state where you would never have a chance to get the governorship in a general election. So we can't beat Gavin Newsom in an election, but let's use this little rule in California where if you get 12% or 15% signatures, then we can recall him or we, you know, we can put him up for recall. And then all the rest of us have to go through this friggin' mess of getting our ballot and making sure that we vote in an off year in 2021. He's up for election next year. Like, how glaring is it that you're just trying to sneak a Republican into the governorship when, if you don't like Gavin Newsom, beat him next year in the election? Right. So, no, I thought it was terrible. And I, that's another thing in, in California, like even if you're a Republican, you should stand for, these are the rules. You know, this is just like, if you want to be a governor, you have to win an election. You can't just try to sneak through a recall. And that whole strategy is telling that strategy to me is like cheating. It's, and even Republican voters out here who I can respect our differences when they vote for the recall, I'm like, what about that feels right? Other than you just want a Republican in office. Like you just want, no matter what led to this. Right. No, they just you, want the, 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 the affiliation. You just want your guy in office. And it could be Adolf Hitler. And if he's a Republican, well, let's have him. And it could be completely just cheating. I don't know. It's not like literally those are the rules, but you know, it's not right. You know, he's not wanted Larry Elder, this guy, like, you know, he's not wanted by the majority of California. And there's just a loophole where you guys can get this guy into office and you're going to take that. I don't uh, know. Y'all had Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think it's probably time for another movie star. Charlie no, Shane. Maybe? I think we're good on movie stars. Even Arnold said they should have gotten rid of the recall like rules that allowed him to get into office. He said, no, 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 it's not right. It shouldn't be that way. <laughs> and oh boy, if you want to go look up some Larry Elder quotes, he was, he's surprising. I'm surprised that over 2 million Californians, vote. we have a lot of Republicans out here voted for this guy who's a conservative talk show host and believes that we should have reparations, but not for the black people. We should have reparations to pay back slave owners. And uh, George Zimmerman was a hero and we need many more George Zimmermans out there shooting Trayvon Martins. Like, no, this don't. is the type of thing that a shock jock says, this isn't the type of person that you vote for governor. So I really, <laughs> I mean, thank you, Carl, for having these conversations with me and reminding me that there are sane people that vote Republican and are thoughtful and good intention because there was a lot of people I believe are not. <laughs> oh, vice versa. I yeah. mean, like I said a while ago, I mean, you've opened my eyes up to a whole new world and, and I appreciate it. I mean, to me, I think it's awesome now. Like I was talking about the culture in Chicago. So five years ago, had I gone and seen that, I'd have probably been like, what the hell is this? Versus sitting back and looking at it and appreciating it for what it is and appreciating the fact that we live in a country that they're allowed to do that. They're allowed to be who they are and believe what they want versus some of these other countries where you don't abide by those rules, you die. Yeah, just like Al-Qaeda will declare war on America 
because America hates Islam or hates Muslims. And our and biggest our biggest argument against that is when we show how much we that's not true. Right. But it's when we stand up and there's hate crimes here, hate crimes left and right, and obviously, you know Well, and I think it's just because the hate crime that's that's news, that's what makes the news and that's what the media pushes. They don't show all of this other stuff. I mean, how many you look at New York City, how many parades are there probably on a daily basis that is for the to include the lbg i don't even know what the rest of the letters are but to include them we're doing like the irish the i mean mm-hmm. the inclusion is here it, it's sad that the media basically just focuses on the negative and that's what they push and that's what gets people up in arms and why because that's what gets them viewers we think about why we have these parades and so i didn't really think about it before but it really is to show that this is the norm this is how many people support these people being being a part of our community and we really have to get out and show it because otherwise all you're going to hear about are the people who want to terrorize this community and they're going to set this house on fire they're going to shoot this person or beat the beat up this person outside of a mosque or spray paint this on this wall and it's like you really need something like these parades and large celebrations to say no 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 that they don't speak for us this is us right and and whether i agree on a personal level with what their agenda is i'm grateful that at the end of the day i live in a country that is acceptable like it, it, it that will accept their beliefs and and just because i disagree with it doesn't mean I'm going to be out there protesting their parade or you want to have your parade, have at it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to agree with it to appreciate it. Yeah. There's a good, a good, uh, summary. I don't have to agree with it to appreciate it. (laughs) Get a shirt made. What? Getting a shirt made. All right. That'll be our logo. Uh, send me that login information so we can argue about soaked in bleach next week. Sounds great. Always a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us uh, on this episode, this big episode from New Mexico. And Cali. Yeah. I'll we're be back little, in Texas next week, folks. Yeah, Thanks. We're, good night. we're a little bit closer right now than usual. Only one time zone away from each other. But uh, all right. Well, in that's that case, I think I'm going to go to Applebee's. You know, Applebee's, you could give us a sponsor right next door. I need some food. And I'll have another Sierra Nevada beer, handcrafted ale from Chico, California. Drinking Kerr's Light. Did buy a bottle of a. Uh, can you buy liquor at a convenience store in California? Oh, uh, yeah. It's amazing. You guys should try it. Yeah, it's in New Mexico and it's cheaper than Texas. I was like, holy shit. I just bought a bottle of Crown for half the price I'd pay at a liquor store. You can buy it in grocery stores. You can buy liquor. Uh, maybe that's pretty much. You can buy liquor wherever. Any place that sells things ha- just has to have a license and can sell liquor. Well, yeah, apparently you can do that in New Mexico too, which is awesome. Yeah, well, go have at it. I did. I bought a bottle of Crown. <laughs> We're going to have some breweries out here too, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get you into craft beer. Yeah, when I was in Oklahoma three weeks ago, when I accepted this job, I'd go up there and do all my paperwork, and that's all I drank. And that's all I drank in Chicago. I tried all their craft beer. It's just it's hard for me to do. You just need to step 
You need the right stepping stones to get. Don't start with the IPAs. Uh, don't start with the pale ales. Oh, oh, I won't drink an IPA. Period. Eventually, you will, but you just start yeah. and you just say, "Oh, what's this? This I is was a uh, this is a pilsner. Every... This is a pilsner. Okay, well, oh, this is a hefeweizen, huh? This is sweet and weedy and delicious. Oh, I get an orange slice with it. Wow. Every like, bar that I walked into in Chicago had Shiner Bar, so I was happy. It's a solid beer. Yeah, it's great. That would be craft beer to some people. Sure, but it's a Texas legend, so Texas legends can ha- can be craft. Like it's a handcrafted, like specialty, good tasting. Well, before we end this, here's my complaint: in Texas, where Shiner Buck is comes from, from Shiner, Texas, why is it considered an import and cost me a dollar extra if I order a Shiner Buck? That never made any sense to me. I do not understand that. It is not an import. It's horseshit. What it is. I don't even think they call it an import here. It's a domestic beer. It is. Especially in Texas. I I wonder if you're in Shiner, if there's a place that still calls it an import. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We had to to bring that two blocks to get it here. (laughs) All righty. Good seeing you. You too, buddy. Take care. You too. We'll holler at you next week.